Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Joey Janelle always goes in. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick-butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bye. Hey, Rendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here, youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, and of course, tape live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. Uh, tomorrow is a heavy streaming day. We start yeah. off at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern to watch some NXT UK. Then we record News Brief Live. And then at 3 o'clock Pacific, I think, we do 3 at 3.30. It's the final Ask Stephen Larson. It's the final episode of Ask Stephen Larson for Friendo Club TV exclusive starting next week. We will be debuting our new show, The Numbers Don't Lie, exclusive for patrons of $5 and up at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, YouTube Twitch subs, and of course, YouTube channel members. Uh, It's basically going in raw math, the TV show. Show, yeah. On YouTube. Yes. Um, So, or Twitch. Uh, very exciting. Should be a lot of fun. Every week, we're going to be doing going in raw math using not just our own stats, but the Friendoverse as well. You got that so right. So stay tuned to find out how you get to participate in that. To watch the show, it's very easy. $5. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Great way to support the show. Correct. Uh, so let's dive into it, man. AW Dynamite Road Rager in Miami. It felt good, man. It felt good uh, to see people uh, at, not at Daly's place. Uh, just, you know, maybe start acting. Look, I know, I know Larson pandemic messed us all up. We're all socially a bit awkward out of it, maybe. Yeah. But don't jump barricades. Yeah, get well, here's ring. the thing. Yeah, there's certain uh, social norms, certain rules that you need to follow still. One of which is you don't jump over the barricade and try to get involved in the show because they'll get clocked by Chris Jericho. Yeah. Wrestlers is one thing wrestlers secretly, I think, love. The idea of one of these sweaty fans jumping the barricade, breaking that wall where anything goes. It's no man's land. There's no law. When you jump that barricade, and if a wrestler gets near you, oh, 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 wow. oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, wow. It is open season on sweaty fans jumping the barricade. So don't do that. Don't throw things at people. Yeah, don't do that. 
uh, speaking of people who might have jumped the barricade, uh, 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 Tommy Ann, now, know, now known as Malachi Black, made his AEW debut tonight. Very exciting. I know I know Fightful Select, by the way, go, go subscribe to Fightful Select. You get great news in your email, including something they posted today, which seemed to indicate that there was rumblings backstage at, in AEW that Tommy Ann could be on his way at some point. Some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No firm details, just speculation backstage. Well, that speculation was founded because uh, he showed up in the second hour. So during uh, Cody's match against QT Marshall, which opened the show, the lights went out for a moment, just briefly. And uh, and the commentary is like, well, yeah, we've had some weather problems here. It's just power, not a huge deal. Later on, Arn Anderson's cutting an interview. Lights go down, come back up, bang. There's Tommy in. And he uh, he hits Arn with a black mask. Cody runs out, and Alice and uh, Tommy end is, is like, "All right, it's good, nah, it's cool, no worries." Bang, black mask for him too. Yep. So obviously yep. going to be Cody's program at All Out, I would suspect. Huge match. Uh, it's good to see Tommy end Malachi Black in AEW, a place where his creativity will not only be uh, embraced but uh, cultivated, and he'll get to see the vision of his character put out there. Uh, he's been in a position where he can put on great matches. He's not going to be stuck in a room for a damn year. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty. And exciting. yet, I love, I love that he respects his continuity, his own continuity. He has the busted up eye situation. He still, he's wearing the contact lens from when we last saw mm-hmm. the, I guess, the son of the Dark Father. Uh, the last name of Black remains. Um, and there does seem to be some sort of uh, dichotomy, as 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 we saw in the short film that he debuted mm-hmm. on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the the Tommy end is still a thing; it's still a character. But then, so is this Malachi Black. So, where does one begin? Where does the other end? Is he going to be playing with the concept of what's real, what's fake, what's shooting, what's work? The duality um, of man. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be a walking 2001 a Space Odyssey in AEW. Um I love it, man. I think I think it's awesome. I'm a little I am I like even how they debuted him, you know? I, we were literally just talking today about, "Hey, let him figure that out." And you had the foreshadowing, the flickering the flickering of the light like you mentioned, and so immediately I was like, "Whoa, whoa." Okay. Well, I mean, even even sorry, I mean to cut you off, but even like the the short film he did, that was foreshadowing. That was pretty much saying that's him busting out of the asylum that is WWE. You yeah, know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and going on and 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 and, and you know, being this new character. That was that what that whole thing was about. And I guess, you know, I guess, you know, should have seen it coming. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. I am curious to know how Cody's old school wrestling philosophy is going to mesh with Alistair Black, you know, getting meta with things. I hope that it'll be a collaborative process and we'll all benefit from it. Um, and I hope Alistair doesn't get stuck on Cody Island where three months, four months from now, he's going to be fighting Dustin and then Lee Johnson. And then he's moving on to QT Marshall. Um, I mean, you're shaking your head, but you can't, you, you have to know that's a possibility. No, not, not for, not for Tommy and not for Malachi black. No, not going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right. No. Tony Khan's not going to spend that much money no. to keep him on Cody Island. No, no he'll they'll but, have their match at like in the build up to All Out. Will Dust get involved? Maybe. 
Oh yeah, he's got to do something. It's two months. Yeah. It's two months yeah. away, but between now and all, I mean, that. unless it's going to be segment, a fight for the fallen thing, they're going to have a segment where Alistair just this black masses every member of of the Nightmare Family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe they'll do that in the build up, but once yeah, Al, once let's have a hard time not saying Alistair. Once Malachi defeats Cody at All Out, fight for the fall, whenever it happens, that's it. They're done. No rematch. Right. Done. It sounds like a directive from you to Tony Khan. No, can that's what's going to happen. Can you look at the camera and say, Tony? Hey, Tony, do us all a solid. Have uh, Malachi Black beat Cody Rhodes cleanly, decisively. Um, Maybe two black masses is the extent of the match. Um, <laughs> uh, whether it's fight for the fallen, all out, and then just each of them move on to something else. I really, I was to mention this to you pre show. I wonder, this might be way too much. But I wonder if Cody was like, hey, pandemic's going to be like a year, year and a half. So I'm going to be on my own island building up my own guys until we get back to fans. Because who's the first person we see when fans are back and they're not well, at Daly's place? Well, if you remember correctly, who had the first match in the history of Dynamite? Was it Cody? It was probably it was Cody. Cody and Sammy Guevara. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cody, Cody, Cody. Um so, uh, so yeah, maybe we'll see. I really, I think it'd be kind of shocking at this point to see Cody even get off Cody Island, and I really want to see it because I think that you know he can bring a lot to the table. It's just he's there's nothing left for him. And now Malachi Black shows up, and it's like, oh, cool. You know, this would be a good two months. Cody's really good at, at building stories mm-hmm. when he's got something to work with. Um, so I am looking forward to this. Uh, I don't think it's just a way for Cody to. To, to, to beat to beat somebody no um no so uh so yeah i'm i am i am very much interested in this there's all sorts of especially now there's all sorts of you know scenarios that could be great for for malachi black yep you know obviously kenny miro andrade <laughs> guys we've seen already in wwe but he could do more stuff like exactly. andrade and alistair black you know, can maybe do something more than they had. Like I feel like, especially like a, like a, their stuff in NXT is pretty good. Yeah, and 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 obviously Tommy N had a bunch of great matches in NXT on the main roster. Like his opportunities were much fewer and far between, and also like the matches he did have weren't exactly like the full showcase for his abilities. No, know? no, no. Yeah, you have to go to takeover for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of great takeover matches, and, and he's great with character, great with story. Mm-hmm. So put, you know, like one thing. Cody, you know, we 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 kind of poke fun a little bit. He can be a really good in-ring storyteller. He can mm-hmm, be. Yeah. No, he can be. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh and uh, you know, given the right motivation, the right story, this could be some good stuff. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe it'd, it'd be an interesting pivot point for Cody's character where he can move on to maybe some more interesting territory after being in this feud. It is kind of funny how he has built over the past 18 months. He's built his own speaking of territories. He has built up Cody Island. He's the king of Cody Island. So coming off that, it is it is kind of like, oh, wow, there's somebody from a different promotion coming to AEW. Now it's Cody. You know, it's yeah. like because we haven't seen him for so long fight the, the other names in AEW. Coming mm-hmm. back, even coming back around to like MJF or coming back around to other guys could be mm-hmm. interesting stuff uh, for Cody. But yeah, no, Tommy N being in, in AEW is really exciting stuff. It's pretty awesome. Also pretty exciting. And it's funny because segueing into the the title the main title scene now we had a face off with hangman page he was reluctant and he opted not to hit the buckshot on kenny omega when he came out to make the save for his dark yep. order friend evil yep. uno um 
Uh, someone said they had a bit of a face off and then Kenny sort of cowardly ran away, cowardly ran away. Um, I, I you notice like Andrade comes in and he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Malachi's here. Clearly he's a bad guy mm-hmm. for now. They're lining up the heels for hangman page because we're about to have a face champion. Yeah. And I wonder if that can Hero. happen as, as soon as fight for the fallen. That's what Callis said in his promo that Kenny does not have an opponent for Fight for the Fallen, which is the end of this month. I believe it's the last dynamite of the month. Um, so it's North Carolina, I believe, Charlotte, I think. Yeah, it is because the next two weeks dynamites are in Texas. I think it's uh, Dallas and Austin, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kenny, all the stuff about North Carolina and his entrances. I know it's a, a shout out to Michael Jordan. But it, 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 every reference to North Carolina is about something great Kenny has done in North Carolina. And for him to suffer a loss there would be some welcome irony, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to this particular storyline. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, they've, they've slow burned this so much ever since Kenny won the title that I was wondering, okay, once they start kicking it into motion, how fast do they can get the momentum up? And they did a, a good move having their first face-off be in front of fans because it felt like, all right, they could do this t- next week and I'd be into it, you know? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, the crowd popped huge for Hangman when he came out. Massive. Big time, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of cowboy shit chants. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, given the, the story they've told between the two of them for more than a year, you know, I don't think... I think at this point, this, it's, more, it's more Paige's story at this point whether the next mm-hmm. two weeks that they can get him to the point where he believes in himself enough that he can beat Kenny. Or maybe the story is he, he thinks he has a chance. He gets in there, doubts himself, loses, and they come back around to it and like, I don't know, it all out or something, and then he wins. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. but Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it's interesting. I, I honestly don't know. You're right. Fight for the Fallen was the name that was thrown out there. I kind of would doubt that they would just sort of fast track it for the end of this month, given they're just getting around to this. There are multiple ways they can extend this out. I mean, there were entire weeks that would go by that you'd just see a segment with Hangman hanging out with the Dark Order and they'd have an interview and then he'd have a match and then two weeks later or a week later you'd get another hanging out segment a week later you'd get another hanging out segment then he'd have a match they can they can draw this out um 
And I have faith that I, I do. I, I think I have faith that they are going to give this the appropriate amount of time. They've done it properly so far. I mean, what they could do is do a tag match: Kenny and the Good Brothers against Paige and Uno and Grayson or something. Yeah, like in the that, Dark you know? Order. Yeah, yeah, or Silver. What well, is is Reynolds able to? Who was injured? Wasn't one of them injured? Silver. Reynolds Silver was, was Silver's. Oh, yes, yeah, a bump shoulder. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, they could totally do a tag match. Um, and uh, and and build up Hangman's confidence because um, I mean I don't know I look I know there's going to be fans that ever fight for the fallen I just feel like this needs to be paid like that why would they do this if it's not on pay per view yeah, I, I know you know that's a big they they like their money and uh, you know they get a lot of it from pay per view why not just do it there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I mean it's only it's less than two months away now yeah yeah uh, so yeah anyways, anyways you want to dive right into it there's a lot to get through uh, show yeah. opened with uh, Cody. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, opening the first show in front of fans uh, in a strap match against QT Marshall. Poor QT got a jobber entrance. Um, I'm not huge on strap matches, kind of period, much less the kind where you got to touch all the corners. It's just like a clunky stipulation, and it seems completely up to the ref's discretion when to start or stop counting or restart the count. You know what I mean? What do you like less, that or a flag match? The latter. <laughs> Wow, Can't, no hesitation. Cannot stand flag matches. No hesitation. I like it. Yeah, I think I, thought, I, think I, 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 I do when that. you start the question, that's what you're going to ask. My <laughs> They're gut all is pretty telling. dumb. They're all pretty dumb. I mean, let's say we haven't seen entertaining uh, strap matches. We have uh, uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend was pretty good. Why couldn't we have had that uh, as a question on what, what gimmick match does your partner hate the most? I think I would have given you flag match. Yeah, I might have chosen that one. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. <laughs> Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Uh, it took Homelander three crossroads in the end on QT Marshall uh, to go around and just casually hit all four corners. Oh, man. He could have hit him all three times after three crossroads. <laughs> he could have touched 12 corners. Can, did somebody check on QT to make sure he wasn't dead at the end of that match? Three crossroads? Holy crap. I know. After getting uh, posted and busted open. What was that moonsault attempt QT tried when Cody was standing three feet to the left? I don't know, don't know. <laughs> Cody just whooped him in the midsection. But uh, it was it was it was good job on Cody, I guess, for eating a draping diamond cutter and basically like getting right back up too. <laughs> Way to bury the diamond cutter. <laughs> I thought DDP was a nightmare family. <laughs> I hope I hope uh, I hope Dally has some words with Cody about that one. Hey Cody, hey Cody, it's Dally. Hey Cody, it's Dally. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see you, you're going to feel the bang. Doing After this that, game. we had <laughs> Sean Spears promo where he says, Sammy Guevara, you think you're one step ahead, but you're two steps behind. <clears throat> Sammy Guevara attacks him. Throws a chair at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, I'm sorry. He attacks him with a flying chair. And says, uh, how's that for being one step ahead, bitch? Yeah, he says, far from over. Uh, then we get a Kenny Omega interview with Don Callis. Callis snatches the interview from Shivani right away. Tells him to go stand in a corner. <laughs> yeah. He says, be a Tommy Bahama model. Yeah. Uh, like we so, all know you want to be. He says, it seemed like a great time to give everyone a history lesson because uh, over the last few months they have made a lot of history. Kenny's defeated Mox, Ray Phoenix. Jungle Boy. They've won so many titles, they have to get an entourage to carry the belts where they go. The fans, you are in the shadow of a great champion. Uh, he says, I was away last week, and I realized they have a huge problem. They've beaten everybody. There's no one left for Kenny to beat. 
There's mm-hmm. he's got no challengers for fight for the fallen, and that's when the crowd starts chanting for Hangman. It says a desperate situation. Dark Order will come out. Uh, Uno says he spent the last few minutes hearing them talk, and he's got a couple questions for Kenny. First, why is Kenny ignoring this crowd? Why is he ignoring the number one rank uh, wrestler? And most important, most importantly, why is he afraid of his friend? And Kenny mm-hmm. says, "I got a question for you. What's the capital of Thailand?" <laughs> and Uno's about to answer, and Kenny goes, "Say it, Steve." <laughs> well, first he kicks him in the balls and says, "Thai." He says, "Bangkok, baby." Yeah, kicks him right in the nuts. <laughs> So Dark Order is about to attack. Good Brothers come out, even the odds. They clear the ring. They're circling evil Uno, who's still selling the uh, the nut shot. Page comes out, runs to the ring. He takes it to the Good Brothers, and Nakazawa sends him out of the ring. He gets back on the apron. Uh, Kenny turns around, and Page is in a position where he could do a buckshot, but doesn't. Instead, he walks the ring, gets right in Kenny's face, uh, and the Carl Anderson gets on the apron. Page goes after him, and he turns back around. Uh, Kenny has, has, has left. That crowd exploded for Hangman. They were ready. Oh, yep. boy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That Bangkok joke was hilarious. Because it's so obvious, but the amount Kenny in character felt he was so clever. <laughs> it just worked. Uh, Bangkok, baby. It's all about it the delivery. Ba- it was the baby that got it. I felt like this next segment was pretty decent, but given what we had just seen, uh, it kind of just fell a little bit flat. It was a it was a casual chat with Jr. Uh, Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Yeah. So uh, I right, let, all right, well, listen, guys, you got this uh, coffin match next week, and uh, Darby Allen. Why, why, why do you think Ethan Page don't like very much? Well, he was like, I'm disgusted. You're talking about ending each other's career. Well, and, well, listen, you guys, listen, you guys. Ethan Page is like, well, maybe Darby deserves it. Yeah. Then Jr. is like, well, why the animosity? And Darby says that in his first year of wrestling, he accomplished pretty much as much as Ethan had done in 12 years. Uh, Page can't stand that. And Darby gets on Page about dropping everything, that he had to drop everything to make it to AEW, whereas Page was complacent. He was the big fish in the little pond. I guess he's talking about impact. Karate um, man. Uh, and the fact that he made it to AEW made him crazy. And Page says, that's all true. But he says, if it wasn't for me, Darby, you wouldn't be here. I plucked you from obscurity. I brought you into pro wrestling. Uh, and since the day, Paige says, since the day I was born, I was told I was going to be a star. Darby, uh, you are what you are because of me, and I'm going to take you out in this coffin match. Yeah. JR says, well, you know, I, I feel like this match is not going to be, what do you say? It's not going to end with uh, peace and something? something like that. It's going to have, uh, you know, I, I have a bad feeling about it. I feel this like match. this, been, this segment would have been a lot better if like, Excalibur was doing the interview. I feel like when I see Ethan Page in that coffin, I'm going to be like, holy shit, what is that? <laughs> you guys know they're going to have any of them bikini models there to oh, fight for the fighter fest? Oh, holy shit. Uh, so after that, we had Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Uh, yeah, that's what he says. The Roman Empire has he says, I don't have a peaceful, easy feeling about this match. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. Don't sing the Eagles, okay? Sorry, Lebowski. Yeah, uh, Inner Circle versus Pinnacle in six-man action. Santana Ortiz and yes. Hager versus Fatur and uh, Wardlow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was fun stuff. It was fun. So down the stretch, uh, Dax Harwood's in. FTR hits a bunch of offense on Ortiz. That earns up a two-count. Ortiz responds with a suplex. Hager comes in, tries for a Hager bomb on Cash. Instead, uh, Cash gets his feet up. Uh, Hager right into an ankle lock. Dax breaks that up. 
he runs into a boot from Hager. And then uh, Hager's like, Wardlow, come on in. So Wardlow tags himself in. They're trading shots. Hager puts on an ankle lock, FTR. They come in to break that up. Wardlow decks Hager from behind right into FTR. Bang, shatter machine while Tully is distracting the ref to get the win. Afterwards, I don't know what Conan's doing here. He grabs the sock (laughs) with whatever is in it, the baseball, and takes a swing at Wardlow. Wardlow completely no-sells. And then Tully comes from behind and chop blocks Conan. <laughs> oh, man. Tell me you wouldn't want to have Conan having your back in a vicious street fight, Larson. Be well, like, hey, Conan, I got he my is baseball gonna have your, What do you have? He is I got gonna, a sock with a baseball in it. He is going to have your back. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Sometimes, Conan, I feel like you got to pick your spots, though. <laughs> that's the issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had this Jericho versus oh, MJF. You did, did you miss this? This is great. What? So uh, it's going to be Moxley and Carl Anderson for oh, the yeah, IWGP yeah. US title next week. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later because they ran down everything a little bit later. But yeah, no, that's cool. That's going to be a good match because Carl Anderson, I know this might shock some people. He's a terrific wrestler. He is a really good wrestler. Just watch. Go the, back and watch the G1 Finals 2012. Yeah, with Okada. That finish of that finals match is outstanding. So Anderson had a bit of a promo. Talking about how Mox is a problem. He mentions Kenny was the first U.S. champ. Carl says it's a huge deal. I'm coming back to New Japan where Bullet Club began. And the fact that Mox has a U.S. title makes him sick when he takes the title. Remind everybody of his favorite thing, beating up John Moxley. Beating up John Moxley. Yeah. I was in the bread aisle or the bread section of Winco when that was happening. Ah. Uh, what did so you, you end up having for dinner? I know you mentioned the, pre, the pre-show here that you went to Winco. Oh, I just dinner. got like a rotisserie chicken. I wanted something quick and easy. To, yeah, I just got that real quick. Uh, so we had an MJF Chris Jericho standoff, a face-off here where they get in the ring and they just sit at a table and talk at each other. And it was just going to be them, but then some sweaty jackass decides to hop, try to get in the ring, and said he makes it the apron. Jericho's face lights up like, oh, I finally get to crack one of these guys square in the face. So he punches him. Camera then goes to the crowd, um, and uh, and then security takes away the guy away. That. And do you notice yeah. that Jericho, up until he, uh, his first line to say something, seemed like he was kind of uneasy? Oh, he was, yeah, he was, like, looking around. He was, his eyes were darting all over the yep. place, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, so anyways, uh, MJF. Uh, mentions that he's beaten Jericho twice, and he's like, now you're here groveling for another shot. He says, but I don't blame you. Everybody wants the MJF rub. That's why I know you're waiting to hear the stipulations. And Jericho says, you know what? I should have let that fat bastard beat your ass, but I'm Chris Jericho. I'm not going to back down. I'll accept any stipulations MJF puts in front of me. I'll stand in front of a Mack truck. I'll even have sex with MJF's mother. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the crowd starts chanting, who's your daddy? Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> that was good stuff. So then MJF says, he gets all angry and upset. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you rattle me. He says, it's the shame it's gotten to this point. I used to look up to you. And one of my favorite parts of your career is when you are at odds with Moxley. Remember what uh, you put him through? Chris made him wrestle every member of Inner Circle. He says he's taken that blueprint but making it better. Uh, he says he grew up loving Greek mythology, and his favorite story was the labors of Hercules. And he says, in this case, there'll be five of them. First, there'll be four matches against opponents of MJF's choosing with stipulations of his choosing. And if you win all those matches, your fifth labor will be a match against MJF. And he says, once I beat you, Jericho, for the third time, maybe then you'll realize that I'm better than you. 
And he so, says, sign the contract. Just to clarify, he did say back-to-back matches. So is this going to be like a gauntlet situation with four opponents That's for unclear. unclear. I don't know. I mean, when you say back-to-back, I, I don't think that means subsequent weeks, but I guess, I guess it could. It could be back-to-back weeks. You know, he didn't put the specify what the time frame was going to be <laughs> i didn't eat the entire chicken chat i gave some of it to my family <laughs> have you ever eaten an entire rotisserie chicken by yourself yes yes I yeah i have yeah of course they're not that big it's just a chicken yeah. um anyway so uh yeah go ahead jericho says uh you know if i can't last these labors of jericho maybe i don't deserve to be an AEW anyways he says i'm gonna accept your stipulation because he's the god of war in AEW. He's going to beat him. Jer- uh, Jericho says, I'm going to beat MJF and ruin his life, just like MJF tried to ruin his. He signs the deal. He's about to leave. MJF tells him to wait. So the deal isn't done until both parties shake hands. And so they shake hands, and MJF is trying to pull away. Jericho doesn't release his grip, pulls him in. Judas effect. Bang! Judas effect. Uh, after that... Britt Baker probably had the line of the night. She had an interview with Tony Schiavone. It mentions how last week she was forced to take part in a match no one wanted to see. She says the only positive was it was another win for her. But at what cost? She says the Rebel was forced to enter the ring and was hurt. Tony Khan should feel terrible. She says when I tag in, we got over a million viewers. And Rebel sort of like was like, no, that was me. And then uh, and she's like, all for what? So Vicky can bring in Andrade El Idolo? She's like, Rebel's knee exploded. I nearly died. But hey, Tony Khan has Andrade. You have your blood money. Maybe AEW can run in Saudi Arabia next week. What a great line that was. She says, uh, Nyla's never getting the title back. She's going to send her back to obscurity. Mm. That was a freaking line and a half right there. That was great. Oh, and she says, they call Dallas the Big D. But by the time she's done, it's going to be the Big D. M D. Correct. Uh, next, we had Matt Seidel versus the debuting Andrade El Idolo. Uh, Andrade El Idolo versus Matt something. Matt something. Sorry, Matt something. And man, yeah, Andrade's entrance gear was outstanding. Oh, was cool. Mask. Yeah. He ru- he came out in a suit, pinstripe yeah. suit. And then I was like, okay, he's gonna take. You know, he's gonna do like what Naito does, where he comes out in the suit. It's just his entrance gear. He takes it off. Well, he took the jacket and shirt off. But he wrestled in basically pinstripe slacks. It was pretty cool, yeah. It was pretty awesome. It was neat, yeah. The black mask was very reminiscent. Somebody in our chat brought it up, too, and I think I recognized it when I saw it, although I'm not completely caught up. But I think it's a Batman character named Black Mask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the same vibe. Yeah. Uh, It's a fun match. Uh, Andrade, there's a a picture-in-picture in in the middle of the match that Andrade thoroughly dominated throughout. Mm -hmm. Just basically wiped the floor with Matt Seidel for a period After the uh, uh, commercial break, though, uh, Seidel reverses a belly-to-back into like a splash. They trade some strikes. Andrade sends Seidel into the corner, misses a running knee. Seidel hits a spinning heel kick, a bunch more kicks, rolls them up, gets a two. Uh, He goes for a knee. Andrade avoids that, hits a huge lariat. He goes at the top rope. Seidel meets him up there. Uh, Andrade dumps him to the trio, well, kind of, goes for the double stomp, misses that. Seidel hits a Meteora from the top. That gets him a two-count. Uh, Andrade hip-tosses Seidel into the corner, follows with a double running knees. Hammerlock flatliner now. It's not the mm-hmm, DT. Yeah. It's a flatliner yeah. for the win. And after the match, he just goes. Uh, he takes his belt off and, and uses it to stretch Seidel. 
Mm, pretty great. It's pretty yeah, great. Good stuff. Uh, after that, we had uh, Arn Anderson in the ring for an interview, and uh, he sort of takes the mic from uh, from Tony. And before he releases anything, he's like, "All right, let's get to it. We got fans here. Let's just get into it." And lights go down, and everybody's like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Lights come up, and it's Malachi Black. And uh, Excalibur's like, oh, Tommy End, but that's wait, it's Malachi. He's sort of stumbling all over. That was my only complaint about the I mean, thing. I, but it was like his larger point. I get what he was trying to do. Was like, I think his point was because he said I wrestled Tommy End at Dusseldorf 15 years ago or something like that. So it's like the idea is, is I know who Tommy End is, and this doesn't look like the guy I know. You know, that was the point. I think. Yeah, I get it. I just think it's a really abstract idea that I think probably is better explained via that short film that Alistair Bled that Tommy N did or letting him use his own words. Um, I, I don't know what commentary, I don't know what in the meantime commentary should say. Maybe something like, I think that's Tommy N, but man, there's something much more sinister about him. I mean, how else would they, they know? They should say uh, he's a, 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 a was it the the the, the blue collar, whatever Corey Graves said when Alfred <laughs> debuted on Main. He fights Austin. for the blue collar man and the crust punks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he should have said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like I know, like I, anything is better is better than what they did with him in WWE. Anything. Um, a little bit of confusion is okay compared to that, but uh, <laughs> he fights. For the working class and the elite and poor people. <laughs> He's not the everyman, but he is every man. But he is every man, yes. God, uh, that was so dumb. You know, was... you know, you know, it was Vince. Oh, and Corey Graves here. Yeah, get two different things. Yeah. Totally. He fights for the blue collar working man. It's like, what? That's he, Clearly, he's nothing like that. Nah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, after that, we got something rare on AEW, kind of a recap package. So I guess this is something for Dark or whatever. They said they prefaced it. It said earlier tonight. Yeah, Ricky Starks commandeered the ring, but Hobbs <laughs> and Hooker out there. There's people yeah, in the ring. <laughs> so it makes me feel like this is something that was shot for Elevation or Dark anyway. So he earlier says tonight, people were just milling about. Yeah, I know. People decided to get matches in that aren't televised. Um, so he's got his own security <laughs> detail, and he says he's got his own uh, security because he's not medically cleared yet, and you can't trust Cage and not put his hands on an injured guy and starts grabbing his neck because mm-hmm. bad neck. So Taz comes out. There's cuts in this too, flash frames. So this, this was edited together. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Taz comes out, says this is embarrassing. Starks cuts him off, says Cage is the one who's embarrassing. Uh, he says if that means I've got to protect myself, um, so be it. He says he's going to beat Cage, win the FTW title, and then party like an FTW champion. He says he's going to, he says the W though stands for wife. He's going to party <laughs> with Brian Cage's wife. Whoa, Melissa Santos. Her so Cage, ears are burning. So Cage runs out, Stark leaves, and his security takes the beat down at the hands of Brian Cage. Yeah, man. Ooh, he was not happy about that. I wonder if uh, Melissa's down with absolute. I don't know. We're going to find out, hopefully. Um, anyways, hey, who do, you, who do you like in that match? The FTW match. God, I hope Starks wins. I it. hope Starks wins. I hope I Starks hopes wins. He, I, I hope, hope he wins it. I hope so. And takes Melissa with him. Wow. Wow. He's like, hey, lady. But who gets, who gets Lizard Steve then? Split custody. Split right. custody. It has to be. You got to think about the kids, man. You got to think about That's the true. kids. That's true. Uh, Lizard Steve on a pole match. Oh, gosh. 
After that, we had the Bunny and the Blade taking on Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. It was a nice, nice little touch that before the match began. Aubrey Edwards uh, patted down the Blade to make sure he had no foreign objects. He did have some brass knuckles, of course, last week. We saw those employed against Orange Cassidy. Uh, and they would come into play here tonight as well. He had a second, second pair somewhere, a second set somewhere. It was the first time I've seen a ref actually find something on a pat down since Adam Mayhem brought a gun to the ring in his H champion match against uh, uh, Simon Miller. Simon Miller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a shocking development, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, so the finish of this sees uh, Statlander, Chris Statlander, hit Blade with the 450 splash. So uh, Orange Cassidy goes for the pin. Bunny pulls him out of the ring. The ref is there trying to keep them apart. And then the Blade somehow materializes some brass knuckles, clocks Orange Cassidy with them uh, when he gets back in the ring while he's going for an orange punch. Uh, the ref won't count the pin, though, because Orange Cassidy hadn't legally tagged in, or Statlander mm-hmm. had tagged in. So she's a legal competitor. So uh, then Statlander gets in there, pushes Bunny into Blade, knocks him out of the ring, hits Bunny with Big Bang Theory to get the W. Dang MQ here in chat asks, so what was Mayhem's reason for being in a gun to the ring? Pretty sure he was going to shoot Simon Miller. He's just trying to, to keep re- that I think title. He, I think his. he was trying to retain the title, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Why else would he bring a gun to the ring? So, uh, what do you think of this here. next bit? It was really, it was really quick, so it didn't overstate. This is gonna welcome. be the thumbnail. This is gonna be the thumbnail, man. Oh, that jungle little boy. tiny trophy. Jungle boy getting the fifty win trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's gonna be the thumbnail. That's the biggest thing for tonight. Alistair Black's debut. Mm-mm. No, Hangman, Kenny Omega match. No, yeah, that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. None of that. Jungle Boy in that little tiny, it's like he won a short film festival. Mm-hmm. You know how I know that? Because yes. I won a little tiny yeah, trophy. Got, like one <laughs> got one of those. Got one of those. I got one of those. So, uh, you know, 50 wins or make a film in 10 days and win an award. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they didn't even bring him out. To, they didn't bring him out to the ring. It was just at the No, the, this was shot early in the day, I think. I don't think it was live. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just all everything earlier in the day. That's the most Team Taz thing. They didn't even get a live segment. <laughs> this next bit, I know a lot of people are probably not going to like this, but Dan Lambert really is great. Um, That's a he's hell of the, a promo. Wow. He's the leader uh, or the owner of uh, American Top Team? America Top Team? America Top called? Team, I think, yeah. Okay, I probably messed it up. But... <clears throat> When during Lashley's last run in Impact, uh, I think it was Lashley's last run, Lambert had a spell in Impact doing some sort of the same kind of thing. Like, you know, he had some dudes from America Top Team. Maybe it was Lashley versus Moose. Maybe that was the thing. I forget what it was. Well, that's when Stefan Bonner was there too, right? Stefan Bonner was there. I think he, uh, I forget the situation, but it was good stuff. Um, Yeah, he managed Lashley. Okay. And then who is Lashley fighting? I forget. Maybe it was Moose. I don't know. Anyways, uh, it was good. So Dan Lambert, Amanda Nunez, and Jorge Mazdaval are there, mm-hmm. all from America Top Team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony uh, Schiavone uh, is giving him an interview. And as soon as Tony starts talking, Dan grabs the mic from him and says, you know, Tony Khan asked if we'd make an appearance here at AEW. But now they're asking us to do an interview? So he hops a barricade, gets in the ring, just cuts his great promo. He says, I've got so many better things to do. He was like, I was so skeptical to even come here in the first place because A.W. sucks. 
I said if I wanted to enjoy pro wrestling, Tony, I'd have to put in some 70s or 80s championship wrestling from Florida VHS tapes. I'd watch Funk, Briscoe, Rhodes. I might even get to the Wyndham and Root era. But then I'd have to turn it off because wrestling has gone downhill since the late 90s. Uh, he says, Tony told me earlier, he says, no, man, you're wrong. We're doing it the right way here at AEW. And he starts putting over AEW. He says, we have a locker room representing all genres and veterans in the future of wrestling. He said, and the best of all, Tony says, is our fan base. It's like a family of hardcores all coming together. He says, you got to come by and hear our fans chant AEW, AEW. And the fans start chanting. And uh, he says, but maybe I was wrong. Always trust your instincts. And Lance Archer backstage has had enough, shows up, decks him, and then gives him a blackout. Holy shit. I was like, oh, this could be bad. Lambert took it like a He pro. knows how to take a bump, tuck the chin and everything, man. Yep. 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 That was great. It was a little long, but it was really good. It was really good. It was it was really good, but I could totally understand. I didn't look I didn't look at this, but I was like, oh man, people aren't going to be in this if they don't know Dan Lambert. But uh, but I thought it was good. I'd love to see him do some more actual on camera work. Mm-hmm. Just judging what I saw on Impact. Yeah. Uh, then we get our main event: Penta and Eddie challenging for the Young Bucks tag titles. So the sad news here, unfortunately, is that the Young Bucks shaved their facial hair. Oh, so bummed out about that. But. It is a street fight, so they did wear jeans. However, mm. they they wore jorts. 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 Jorts variation of jeans. Yes. Yeah. They were tight jorts, too. They weren't like Cena jorts. They were, no, tight, they were tight jorts. They were, yeah. they were yes. Toit. Yes. Very toit. Slim fit. Oh, yeah, it was. So it was Lashley versus Moose. That's what I thought. And Moose enlisted the aid of Stefan Bonner. Okay. Ah. Yeah, because like Team America top team or whatever, they had, I think at the time, they had Kobe Covington and a couple other names, you know. Anyways, anyways, so uh, so yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm, Um, At one point, the Good Brothers hit the ring. They start beating up on Eddie ringside. Penta takes them out with a tope. Uh, Cutler then is in a situation where there's like some uh, back and forth between Penta and I think Matt about who's going to get sprayed by the cold spray. Anyways, Mm -hmm. Kazarian, the elite hunter, comes out. He power bombs Cutler through a table ringside. Uh, Penta then hits a package pile driver. Um, Eddie then hits a back fist. However, there was a ref bump earlier. When mm-hmm. uh, uh, Nick hit a 450 on the ref. To, so, uh, gosh, who was it? it must have been Matt. Um, couldn't tap out. Yeah, if Nick hits yeah, the 450, yeah. it has to be Matt. Because, Ed, yeah, Eddie has Matt, and, and he's tapping sleeper, yeah. out yeah. right after Nick hits the does the 450 to yeah, the yeah. ref. Yeah. So the ref is still out after Eddie hits the back fist. New ref runs out, counts the pin. Nick pulls him out of the ring. So then Nick, sorry, Kazarian takes out Nick ringside with a clothesline. He gets dropped by the Good Brothers, who hit him with a magic killer on the floor. Uh, Kingston brings some thumbtacks into the ring, dumps them out of the uh, onto the mat. Uh, Matt smacks him in the face with a streamer with a bunch of thumbtacks stuck in it. Uh, sets up for a powerbomb of the tax. Penta runs in, breaks it up with a garbage can. Um, later on, Nick hits a, a Frankensteiner on Penta onto the tax. Uh, Eddie pushes uh, uh, Matt to break up the cover into Nick. And then the finish saw Eddie get a mouthful of tacks. Mm. He's a super kick from Matt. Nick holds him up. Young Bucks get the win and retain the tag titles. Yeah. Really, really, fun really, really fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and answer some questions. I have a thread right here at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you can't make the show live, head on over to the Patreon. 
yeah. and you can ask a question there. Totally. We've got a couple here and a couple here in chat as well. Pacific Caleb says, now that Cody is on his USA kick and Malachi Black has entered the Codyverse, do you think we'll get some heated USA versus Netherlands promos? What do you think they'll be about? I doubt it. I doubt they're going to go that route. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get some very interesting, some very cool Malachi Black short films, some promos. Uh, Cody is going to be the old school guy here, and uh, he'll eat a couple of uh, uh, black masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get that loss. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway. Yep. Same standards. At some point, how many more WB guys could AEW take on? They need to build the future and other than Andrade, Miro, and, and uh, Malachi Black. At this point, most of the WB names they are bringing in. Uh, in, are in their late thirties. Um, let's uh, name name anybody they've misused to the degree that they shouldn't have been brought in. Yeah, Miro has been used wonderfully. Yeah, he's been great. Andrade is it's it's pretty early. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of his like actual debut, mm-hmm. but who wouldn't want him? I know. Um, I, I I just don't. You know, it's like they they brought in Matt Cardona for five matches or for six dates or something like that. Yeah. That's all I really needed him for. He's yep. a former WWE guy. Didn't bring him back. Nope. Um, they had an opportunity, the Good Brothers, and eventually through an impact relationship, they brought the Good Brothers over, but it's not like they're necessarily featured AEW guys. Yeah. They're basically just heaters for Kenny. Yep. Um, I mean, I... I I, I, whenever somebody brings up that sentiment, it's like I understand it, but at the same time, you have to understand WWE hoarded talent. They just and they're we're, they're still relieving the pressure from that. So when you say ex WWE guy, that's all they were doing was bringing people so that AEW couldn't get them. So yeah, they're going to be signing some very talented people if they're mm. on the market. Because they want talented people in their promotion. Yes. So if it gets to the point where they have so many that they have people from WWE that they're not using or they're ill using, then you might have a point. But like, yeah, they haven't. They haven't. You know? No, they haven't. And and I think the people they have signed have more good days in front of them than behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of of doing really good work in the ring and at no point have I feel like anybody they signed from WWE has overshadowed or taken time away from the talent they're trying to develop yeah yeah I agree and that's one of the strengths of how they do things putting people in factions Mm -hmm. if let's just say Team Taz for example if they weren't a faction there's a chance that guys like Ricky Starks Hobbs Hook would not be as featured because Brian Cage, you figure, is going to be like the centerpiece regardless. Mm-hmm. They have them in a faction. They all get time to shine and build themselves. And their story opportunities just from being in a faction, as yeah. we're seeing now with Team Taz, yeah. Uh, R. Lopez Ortiz, Kenny is beating Hangman the first time. Everyone thinks Hangman is going to win the title, but it's not happening. The first go-around doesn't fit the story. I'm. I don't know. I'm very interested. I don't know what that'll do. So maybe they do that at Fight for the Fallen, or maybe I don't know. I don't know that you have Hangman lose because the thing is, how do you justify him getting a rematch? You don't. I know. That's why I kind of feel like if that match happens, well, yeah, I don't know. Unless there's some wonky finish, you know, Mm -hmm. where Kenny has to cheat to win. Or they do a tag match at Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? 
Oh, wow. Rob Zerver says, Impact shared a video tonight of Christian Cage back when he was TNA champ making the same Bangkok joke on Monty Brown. Kenny mm. is a diehard TNA fan, maybe? Well, yeah. Kenny is stealing from the best, from Hall of Fame. <laughs> he believes in wins and learns. Uh, let's see here. Anthony R., who in AEW do you think would make a bigger star if they were to leave the company and go to WWE? He says MJF. I don't, I kind of don't think that. I don't think WWE really give MJF much of a chance. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I think that in like five years, MJF could go to WWE and basically write his own ticket. But right now, he's still building himself in in AEW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's in the thick of it. You don't do that. No. No. But I mean, in terms of who else could go there and be a big star. I mean, it all depends on on who Vince likes. Like, I mean, I don't know if Vince likes bigger guys right now. Maybe a dude like Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he or might. Wardlow. I'm not sure if Hobbs, because Team Taz. Let's not mistake anything. I love Team Taz. They're kind of a lower tier. They're not as bad as the Wingmen. They're way above the Wingmen, but they're a mess in kayfabe, and they're not exactly a top tier faction. Hobbs might spend some time doing that. He could go to WWE and they they could be like, whoa, this guy, we could shoot him to the top. So it's always a gamble. It's always a risk. You know, yeah. you never know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, who does WWE like? They like bigger dudes. Hobbs could go over there and be a bigger dude. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Wardlow as well. I think he, you know, there's a chance Wardlow, he, could be, yeah. he could be huge for WWE. Maybe or maybe not. You yeah. never know. You just, know, you just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. Just don't know. Uh, let's see here. Moses opposes, uh, in a callback who won Wednesday, which did you enjoy more road rager or great American bash? I feel like road rager had the big debut. I mean, it had that, it had the face off with hangman and, uh, and Kenny. Yeah. You know, I'm an NXT guy, but I feel like road rager kind of takes it here. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, my, my, my opinion throughout this, the Wednesday night war is on a consistent basis. AEW is the more fun show. I have more fun watching AEW. Does not mean NXT is bad? NXT is usually really good. I just feel like there's a spirit and energy to AEW that makes it in my estimation more fun to watch. And I thought that was on full display tonight. AEW I, Road Rager gets the W in my mind. I generally enjoy NXT more, but this week I'll give it to AEW. There you go. Uh, Farmhand Jones, have you guys ever thought about dropping WWE and covering only AEW? You guys could <laughs> have a fun time reviewing it uh, rather than WWE. Uh, it wouldn't make business sense for us to do that. I wouldn't want to do that anyways. Like I enjoy WWE's product. Like that doesn't that doesn't really appeal to me. Like if it was. Yeah, honestly, if it was like, hey, I give you like, you know, if, if I can make a million dollars, I don't I wouldn't even do that. I don't know. I enjoy this. I enjoy doing this, you know, so I wouldn't do that. I enjoy WWE's product like raw. I, maybe I'd pay raw, somebody to do raw for now. But even raw has moments that I'm like, oh, this is cool. Uh, That's a good question. Dr. Lipkin says, you have a terrible day and elect to go to your local bar to drown your sorrows. What wrestler would you hope is tending bar both to mix you a good drink and to lend a sympathetic ear? For the latter, give me Samoa Joe. I feel like he's a great conversationalist. Um, uh, You know, he probably knows some good jokes. Yeah, give me Samoa Joe. 
Oh, man. That's a great answer. That's probably the best answer. Um, but I'll try a different one. Uh, what wrestling I was tending bar? I'm going to say Mickey James. She probably has a ton of great stories. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Jorge D. So what happens to the remnants of the Cody-verse now? QT got completely buried today in the factory besides the go-go has been duds. Was this whole feud because Cody literally had no one new to debut against him? I mean, I guess Cody probably thought, hey, let's tell the story here for a month or two. Let's try to get this a go-go guy over a bit. I think that's probably the extent of it. There's no way to know what's going on backstage. I'm sure there's going to be a book written one day, and it'll probably confirm our suspicions that there's probably some philosophical differences behind the scenes. But you can't say that for sure. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I'd like to think that maybe Cody was thinking, hey, I'm going to focus on building up, you know, this group of people that I'm close with because I think it's best for the company in the future. Everybody else has other stuff going on. And then when I when fans are back and I come out of that, you know, bubble, um, things will seem fresh again. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the thinking or maybe if you want to be more cynical about it, maybe there's just personality conflicts and he's like, I'm going to do my thing over here. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, You got a question? You got one? Yeah. From the enforcer says, what type of TV reality show is Cody Island? Is it like Survivor Island, Temptation Island? He says, or the help, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here island. Help, I'm a wrestler, get me out of here. Seems to be the case. <laughs> that might be the case, yeah. That could be. It's just more like, or it could be like um, the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, wow. The island of Dr. Rhodes, where he's got all these wrestlers and he's just like combining other DNA. Uh, White Brownie, considering the raw ratings are going down the toilet, apparently the lowest ever this past week. Yeah. Uh, how long till AEW surpasses Raw and SmackDown? Uh, they got a ways to go to to surpass SmackDown. SmackDown has a, still has a massive advantage on being on network television. Friday night's not a great time spot, but network television is a huge advantage. As far as Raw, I mean, if AEW can generate some good word of mouth, start building their audience past 900,000 a week. If Raw's ratings keep going in the crapper, I'm not saying that AEW could be able to pass them. I think there's a chance if Raw doesn't get their creative turned around, it could get somewhat competitive, a little bit competitive. I think that they'll, they might be able to approach them in the demo. I don't think they'll, not in the near future, they're going to come close to them in terms of total viewership. This is a time of year when there's always a lull in WWE's creative because they're in between. We're coming up on Money in the Bank, which is going to boost their ratings. Not long after that is SummerSlam, which is going to boost their ratings. The shakeup always boosts the ratings. They go from they go from moment to moment, and right now we're just in between moments. Um, it's it, it's going to take AEW a little bit of time to continue to build that audience. And when they get preempted, I mean, and they also have to contend with a channel switch coming up in January. Um, they, they, they're going to have some hurdles, 
but they're on a good path. Oh yeah. You know, they're on a good path, but I don't think it's, I think that to me, it seems more likely WWE is going to turn around on raw than continue to sink to new lows every single week because you got people like Becky coming back. Brock is probably going to come back. Cena is going to come back. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I, I honestly don't think it's going to happen, but I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I like this. Adrian C says, what's the better way to introduce Alistair? How it was done tonight or the Triple H PowerPoint presentation from a few years back. <laughs> God, what a freaking waste. What an absolute waste. Hey, look, we've got some really great talent here at NXT. Now they're here. Here they are, everybody. Look, it's got Alistair Black. I know. I give you PowerPoint teammate Ricochet. I know. Everybody, look. We're look. This is we're shaking things up. Everybody. Dad told me. So uh, E Dub here has a good idea as far as how they can uh, handle the the Hangman and Omega stuff. Have them go to a time limit draw, fight for the Fallen, and mm. then have the rematch at All Out. So Hangman doesn't win the first time, but he finds out, hey, I can keep up with Kenny in the ring. He gets confidence that way. It leads to the win at All Out. I think that's a great idea. Um, isn't it? Uh, is it a that was Rocky one, right? It was. A, was it a draw? or Did Rocky technically lose? But he he thought of it as a win because he went the entire way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Different. Uh, R. Lopez Ortiz says this time around, Hangman won't go on a spiral after losing to Kenny. He'll end up being strong, becoming stronger because of the good relationship he made with the Dark Order. They will prop him up. Second match, he kicks out the one winged angel and wins, but that's just my, my, just his head cannon. So that could be. Um, yeah, that's good. That could be. Uh, Joe Orris says if Conan is going to be a regular with his boys, is it safe to say that LAX is back? No, because he owns the name LAX, and there is no way that Santana or and Ortiz should agree to call themselves that. Because they want their own name. Because he might not be there forever. And then when yep. he leaves, he takes the name LAX. Yep. yep. So, uh, who asked this question? Dark Shadow Zake, just tuned in. Did you guys read the PW Insider article on why uh, Malachi Black was able to show up tonight? So, here's the article. This is from PWInsider.com. Yeah, so it's, this is what they just say. Quote, PWInsider.com is told oh, that back wow. when Tommy N was moved to the main roster... Several years ago, the company failed to update its contract from the standard 30-day non-compete that XT-level talents receive to a 90-day non-compete that main roster performers are given. So what can only be described as a bad clerical error allowed N to be free and clear in the time for the first episode of Dynamite on the Road and surprised everyone. Now, That's uh, awesome. uh, Fightful has reported numerous times, Sean Ross Sapp has, that WB has been like pretty cool with people uh, getting out of their non-competes early. So I just chalked it up to that. But if it's, you know, what PW Insider is saying is true, you know, there's a huge corporation over there. Mistakes happen sometimes. Who let this happen? Who let this happen? Crazy. Anyways. Crazy. Yeah, the wrestling business is a weird, weird business, man. It is. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Join us tomorrow for our noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern NXT UK watch along slash news brief live right here at the twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. Uh, thanks for joining us. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.
Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson.